Hi, and welcome to the Creatives of Habit podcast with me, Claire Gamble. In this episode, I'm talking to architect and designer, Laura Jane Clark, who you might recognise from BBC's Your Homemade Perfect, which I am a big fan of. Laura's first book, which is called The Handbook of Home Design, an architect's blueprint for shaping your home, will be published on the 23rd of March, 2023. In this interview, I talked to Laura about her book and writing process. We discuss how moving her architecture business online during COVID sparked the idea for the book, how Laura found her agent and publisher and how having the right team was essential for achieving her vision. We also talk about her writing practice, the importance of getting organised and the challenge of finding the perfect title. And you'll also find out about some of Laura's favourite rituals and ways to procrastinate. Laura was great fun to speak to and her passion for home design, which is what her book is all about, really came through. So I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, so just to start with, could you introduce yourself um, and what you do in terms of kind of work and day to day? Yeah, uh, my name's Laura. I'm an architect um, and I, um, yeah, so I do, I present a television show and I've presented TV shows for a little while um, called Your Home Made Perfect on BBC and Netflix. Um, and it's all about design. So it's a real kind of design um, orientation or you know kind of design bent show so it's not about all the kind of hassles on building sites actually about bringing design to to the people um so that's what I do and I do initial consultations for people I've been in architect I've been qualified since 2008 and still going (laughs) great and so your kind of architecture and design career has led Mm -hmm. you recently to creating what I think is your first book is it your first book it is my first book well I wrote one when I was about six but I don't think that really counts um (laughs) I um so since I mean I think like so many people um with the kind of with lockdown happening and suddenly having to completely change the way I work so um obviously all the tv work stopped for a while but also my um I would I would go to people's homes and I would do an initial consultation with them um in their homes. So I'd go for kind of four or five hours, draw up the existing, talk to them about what they, you know, what they wanted in their home, um, and then start to work out some ideas, sit with them again, talk them through, and then kind of come up with the final drawn one to fifty scale um plan. And then that that's the kind of the end of the conversation. So they get this kind of concept um layout that they can then either I then take forward and take to planning and get it on building sites or they can work with somebody else so I've been doing those for 13 years 14 years um well now 15 years because this is like two years on um and I've been asked for you know I've been asked all over all over the country and you know I would travel um but then obviously having my daughter that restricts that slightly and you know I've, I've been to Italy to do one I've been to France to do one um, but obviously that all starts become a little bit impossible. So I've been thinking about putting them online anyway. Um, and then suddenly it was like, ah, uh, this is a perfect time to try it. And I and it actually worked really, really well. So I'm a really plan-based architect. So I can walk around somebody's house and they'll be like, oh, what would you do with this? And I literally have no idea. Just it doesn't doesn't compute at all but when I've got the plan in front of me then I'm like oh so it worked really well so people would send me their existing plans I'd have their 
their home up on Google Earth. I'd get all the photographs um, and obviously talk to them, meet them and talk about their wants and their needs um, and draw, you know, do it as if I was there and then kind of meet again and, you know, do the final um, chat through and then draw up the final uh, presentation. And a few of them have gone on and, and built. So I was like, do you know what? I've got a real, I kind of realised that I've got a very kind of not structured but I've got a really kind of clear way that I do it and the way I kind of approach design um, and I kind of start and, and I think because I was in my office doing it and it was like really intense it came really clear and so, so it's not about repeating or kind of copying or you know doing the same thing over and over again but that, that there's kind of certain rules that I follow that I kind of suddenly realize that I'm like that I do very similar things um, I mean, a window seat, obviously, but, you know, just the way I kind of approach design, the way I kind of talk to the clients and, you know, it, it, it became so, it became such a kind of clear structure. So I was like, well, actually, this could be kind of interesting and this could be a bit of a book. And I've always been told by homeowners that they'll have a, an architect around or a technician around and the architect or technician would be like, well, what do you want me to draw up? And they're like, uh, we're hoping you were going to come with the ideas. Um, and other people saying, you know, well, we've got these plans. We're not very happy with them. We've got built, we've got planning permission. We're about to start on site, but we don't really like them. And I just, you know, there's so much kind of time and, and money spent when, you know, people are a bit like, and, and I just, I kind of realized that there's a bridge that needs to be, a gap that needs to be bridged. <laughs> um, a bridge that needs to be built to to give kind of homeowners a, a little bit of insight into the you know the kind of the workings of design you know from how to read a plan how to kind of start drawing your own plan to you know abbreviations and stuff and things that are said on site or things that you know an architect or a, or a technician might say to you that you that we don't have the kind of knowledge of so I kind of wanted to kind of create this book that was like inspirational kind of a coffee table type book but also really insightful and really helpful so you know somebody could read it and then have this like all oh, right okay I kind of get the process so whether they would then be able to start drawing their own and start kind of having an idea you know a sketch that's 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 the kind of the goal that somebody would then have a sketch of their own home their own designs that they could then take forward so um, when somebody comes and goes, well, what do we draw? They'd be like, we want to do this, you know, and it's and I just kind of I love the idea that you're kind of empowering people a little bit. And I think architecture is so traditionally so kind of what's the word? It's a polite way of putting it, you know, so kind of, yes, architecture is not for you. Design is not for you. You just live in your homes. You don't need to know how to design them. And I just kind of hate that, really. And it's and I like that idea of inclusive and you know kind of democratization of design in a way that's amazing oh, so. i just had a coffee and like that <laughs> <laughs> no, all out so it's amazing it sounds like it's going to be a real kind of guide to equip home homeowners with the sort of the knowledge and also the confidence and the language to approach their home renovation projects because they are big aren't they and you know like you say it's a lot of time it's a lot of expense as well so to give people that confidence sounds really valuable um yeah. does it have a title yet can you share the title it does it does we went kind of back and forth on the title so the a final title is the handbook of home design 
an architect's blueprint to shaping your home. Brilliant. <laughs> now, we, when it comes to sort of a non-fiction book like this, there's a slightly different process to make it and create it and bring it out into the world. So could you just talk through the process that you went through in terms of that initial idea to how you kind of got the green lights to say, right, go ahead, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, so I, I kind of, I'd realized in about kind of three or four months, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is, could be really an exciting project. I'd loved, I love the idea of writing a book. Um, I put together a series of webinars, which was a kind of, you know, way into it really. Um, and I, I mean, I basically, I put a proposal together one of my friends is an author um, over in Canada. He's from here, but he lives over in Canada. Um, and I kind of wrote to him, I was like, oh, he was staying over in a drunken night. I was like, so how do you write a book? You know, what's the process? Um, so I sent him my initial treatment and he kind of gave me some markers um, and was talking about how you approach agents. So I kind of had it in my head that I was going to do that. But you know what it's like, I, you know, I was working, my daughter, and you know, everything and kind of just life. Um, and then out of the blue, this beautiful lady, Sila Edwards, um, got in touch and from Mushins Entertainment and said, have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> um, and she really loved the show and she, um, and she was a young lady, you know, young family and just the kind of, you know, exactly my audience, you know, and, and I think that's what's so exciting about it. It's not about you know, 56 year old, you know, with 250 grand budgets, it's about people that kind of want to make these changes and just giving them the tools to do it. So it just seemed like an absolute match made in heaven. So I was like, well, funnily enough, and sent her my, uh, my initial statement. Um, and she really, really liked it. And then we worked on it together. So um, I wrote a kind of a synopsis of all the, the well, I kind of broke it down into 10 chapters. Um, with Silas help because I'd obviously had no idea what I was doing um, and it's quite it's it's a strange kind of idea taking an architectural practice that's quite structured anyway and turning that into you know almost like interior home design for dummies kind of thing um, and how you'd structure that so because it needs to be accessible it needs to be readable it needs to be kind of light and funny and my kind of thought was all my kind of you know my introduction is as if I'm sitting there at the kitchen table with you you know little architect on your shoulder type thing I don't want to be I don't want it to be like so your electric meters are under the stairs generally and blah blah you know I wanted it to be really kind of conversational so she was fantastic in helping me find my voice um does that sound really tacky <laughs> um and you know she'd she'd send back my my initial kind of writing with loads of comments saying like oh I just laughed out loud here or this is great and I really you know really uh kind of what's the word connect with this is what you said um and that really helped kind of build my confidence that I was doing the right thing um, and I've been writing a few articles. I've got a column in Reclaim magazine. So I've done a few bits and bobs and now I've got this um, article uh, column. And that's really helped kind of just, just being able to write. But every single time I send off a column, I'm just like, I'm waiting for Loma Marks, editor of Reclaim, to write back and go, this is rubbish. What are you talking about? You know, I think it's, you know, that, that kind of like, is this okay? You know, because 
I suppose it's I've not had any training in writing I'm not you know I mean I can hardly spell so it's quite it's it's quite um it's been quite an intuitive process and uh, you know I, I I'll fall asleep some days going this is the greatest book in the whole wide world it's going to change the world and then like two seconds later I'm like seeing all these zero star like one star Amazon reviews you know and I'm going like oh Jesus and it's just this kind of flip-flop between this is going to be great to like I'm, I'm going to be cancelled because it's so bad uh, so yeah it's, kind it's, of it's like you're living you know when you see those memes and those diagrams of like the creative process and it's that whole thing of like oh my god this is amazing so, oh my god it's awful it's awful yeah. <laughs> you talk to me ever again um, it's a real kind of like highs and lows isn't it so how do you kind of keep yourself motivated to go when you're sort of having those doubts um I'm quite forgetful which helps so <laughs> I um and I suppose kind of doing television is is a similar kind of thing because you put yourself out there you're completely exposed um and again I had no training in tv whatsoever and you, and I think you'll see like my early stuff from amazing spaces and early shed of the year I kind of get a little bit posh now I'm a bit like oh so what's this little bit of timber here? you know and then I kind of you know now much more myself on tv and I think it's just kind of finding that way so I think without doing the tv and without having you know having to write those pieces to camera and having to kind of express myself in a way that's kind of coming across to the audience and to homeowners and you know people watching it in a kind of relatable not well not even a relatable just in, in a me talking to you kind of thing I think that's really helped like give me the kind of you know you know when I do kind of start to think shit this is awful no no it's fine you know I'll kind of I kind of remember those you know the feeling when you get something right or the feeling when you kind of even just one sentence that I'm like oh actually that's quite a good sentence you know it's like quite nice little um and my husband's great he proofreads everything I I do um and he's got a very big vocabulary um <laughs> I can't even say it so he really likes language and and um, so that helps a lot um so yeah I think it's but I'm one of those people I'm I'm I kind of do have a kind of crushing sense of you know inadequacy that I kind of cover up every single day so I think that just kind of goes with the territory really yeah I think everybody secretly has it even even if it's just a little bit um, <laughs> it sounds like your agent's been really supportive though um, so kind of to go back to the process of writing the book so was it all kind of mapped out in terms of what chapters you were going to cover what information it was going to cover and then it was a process of then kind of like going back and then writing it or did it kind of was it a bit a bit of a mix of both approaching some of the chapters and then changing the structure or yeah so it was a bit of a mix of both so I so my kind of initial breakdown um so Sila said you know it's be 10 um chapters so I did I did that and I kind of worked out from I, I wanted to put some kind of history into why we're at a point where we are you know why we're you know in tiny cramped kitchens and why we're in kind of house plans that just don't work and you know and no utility rooms you know and how that's happened so I kind of wanted to look at history but not in a kind of like a real you know kind of methodical uh academic way more in my kind of take on it 
So I kind of wanted to do that, which I don't think you really get in interiors books. I wanted to separate it from the kind of the interiors side of it and the kind of, you know, the inspirational books that you get. You know, I wanted it to be that, but then also really kind of just, a you know, a bit of a change in just something different. So I kind of wanted to have a history in it and I wanted to then kind of lead on to you know writing reading plans so I kind of had a basic structure so then kind of putting it into 10 uh 10 uh chapters and then we went out so I kind of wrote that as a treatment so that was about 14,000 no probably about 7,000 words in total and it was basically introducing each chapter so it's kind of you know this is what's going to happen in this chapter and then we sent that off to uh, publishers and, and we did quite a lot of work, you know, did a lot of work with my agent. So, you know, go back and forth a lot. Um, and then we sent it off to uh, a few publishers. So two got back to us. So we had a meeting with one big, I can't remember it was, but a big, um, you know, big company. It was this guy who was like, rah, rah, so what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I'm an architect. You know, I was like, oh, Jesus. And it's like, as well, we'll need to do this, isn't this? And I'm like, mm, I don't think that really works for me. <laughs> um, and so we got off that call and Sila was like, yeah, that wasn't right. I was like, no, I'm so glad you thought that. I didn't realise that you can kind of pick and choose. Well, you know, if lots of people want you, you can kind of pick and choose your publisher. And then Kyle was really interested. Um, and Joe Copestick, who writes lots of interior books anyway, she thought it was fabulous. Um, so she said. And um, so we, I met with her and she really kind of got what I was trying to do and got that difference between the kind of just a, an interior design book and what I was trying to do. So she then restructured the chapters and made it, you know, and it's so funny, you can kind of you write something you're like oh this is it this is it it's so logical it's brilliant and then somebody sends it back and it's completely different you're like oh yeah of course it's like that. you know and she really split it up into the kind of the kind of more technical getting into it and then the kind of the design side of it so it's now structured into two very clear um two kind of sections but then we've still got the kind of the the, the skeleton of those 10 chapters within it Amazing. and then it was just filling in the gaps <laughs> yeah, so it's great like it's really interesting to hear how the different people involved in the process sort of has shaped it as it's been it kind of a work in progress as well to sort of shape it in that way I was just say, even the title so I'd had in my head that it was going to be called something like design home design uh colon home you know something kind of quite architectural I thought it was going to be very architectural and very kind of everything lining up but they kind of want a little bit more, not scrapbooky, but a little bit more kind of like messy kind of, and and it's so it's so funny the difference in your kind of the way I present stuff, you know that that you do in architecture school and all that kind of stuff, and it's all very kind of rigid and all very serious, and the difference between that and writing a book, and I and I find that even with like architectural photography, every architect thinks they can take a really good interior shot but actually they can't <laughs> um almost can't um or I can't so and that and I think you you know so much about your subject but actually you need somebody with a fresh set of eyes to kind of make it so much better than it than you know just you looking at it and and I found that side of it really interesting and the title so they hated design home they're like absolutely not I wanted home in it 
and I wanted architect in it they didn't want architect in it and I was like I want it I, I really want the word architect in it and um, my husband came up with an architect's approach which I really liked and then I was like oh I can arch- architect's approach to cooking an architect's approach to gardening not very good <laughs> um but they didn't really like that but I kind of really like that having again difference differentiating between interiors and architecture so we were literally going back and forth. I was in the car with the, like going back and forth of emails, like all this architect's approach to home design. Architect's, you know, it was just everything was like, oh, not quite right. And then we had, uh, yeah, then the, like the kind of the final, the, the 10th email architect's approach to shaping your home. And it was like, yes, we got it. And then Sally was like, oh, it was such lovely to kind of witness that. Um, and then when we, when I met them, afterwards I was like I'm so sorry for being so kind of awkward on the name but it's so important to me she's like well you know to be honest most authors most authors don't actually they're not that bothered so they'll be like oh yeah no that's fine so um it, yeah it's a, it's a really interesting seeing how other or, or I would be very interested to see how other authors you know can have a little bit less ownership over it and it's more about the kind of content and the actual outward appearance is maybe not as important um but yes, it's, it's been a really eye-opening like process. You're quite a creative person, though, aren't you? So, and I think the title, like the title, does seem to have quite a lot of importance, especially with a book like this. I know. I think this Missions Entertainment did a blog post recently about novels and how their names had changed, and so and they talked about some of the novels that they worked on with their, some of their authors <clears throat> and how what the original title was or like the working title and what it ended up as and it's sort of changed oh, really? quite a lot interesting, interesting. Mm. um it what strikes me though sort of as you're talking through that kind of collaborative creative process um so having met you and worked with you you're you are a creative person and you're not kind of a formal stuffy architect but perhaps it maybe sounds like your original idea sort of vision of the book was maybe a bit more like that because I guess maybe that's what you'd experience but actually it sounds like you were really lucky in your sort of the agent and the publisher who've been working with they've clearly kind of got you for who you are and were able to translate that into the vision of the book do you think that was quite an important part of making sure you had the right relationships in place oh can't stress that enough yeah absolutely and even down to the illustrator who's putting it all together that, you know, that we, we spent hours together on it. And she's fantastic. And she's so Helen Bradbury. And she's just so kind of, I'll send her something over. I'm like, she's, what do you think of this? And she's like, absolutely not. I'm like, OK. <laughs> and I love having that real honesty and just kind of, you know, there's no like, well, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's just total honesty. In fact, I sent her a text yesterday morning. I'm getting emotional. Um, just saying, you know, thanks for being so positive and so just kind of honest and because it helps my process because when people are a little bit kind of if I don't know if somebody likes something on you know I'm a bit like oh um and even my my photograph my kind of like you know profile picture I'd sent through some of the um some of the shots that I've had done over you know over the years um like recently not too far <laughs> you're not when I'm like 17 um and she's like no it's too too nice <laughs> so I set one up in me um in me like pleather trousers I'm like yeah standing in front of a gold leaf wall and she's like yeah that's it <laughs> yeah, you needed more rock and roll in there <laughs> yeah totally she's like this is just really sterile <laughs> amazing and how do you find the actual process of sitting down and writing do you enjoy it are you like are you 
good at it in the sense of are you disciplined to sort of create that time for yourself to write sort of how how do you go about finding the time to write so one of the late one of the producers of the show Sarah Knight um who I adore and she did series three of Your Home Perfect and she um is just so super organized she's brilliant she doesn't come from a tv background um I wish I think helps and she's just one of the most fabulously well organized and and I I had to call with her and I was like can I just ask you how you find the time to do different things and I'd obviously I'd heard the expression before but never really sunk in and she's like you need to ring fence days when you write and that's all you do and and that kind of just totally hit home because I'd, I'd started getting a column and I'd started or, you know, I was writing regularly. And just the idea that right, actually that that day, that's all I'm doing, you know, and having a, a name of however many words. Um, and that's helped an awful lot. Um, and then also my uh, friend Fiona, who's, who's a photographer, she's also incredibly well organised. And she's like, post-it notes, work, you know, a year planner and post-it notes then when you don't meet a deadline or not a deadline, if you don't meet a target, you can just move the post-it note. So you never have anything that's totally stuck in. So if you don't manage to write that day, then you don't feel awful, you just move it to the next day. And I think feeling that you're not battling against yourself and feeling that you're not failing at every, you know, if you've not written 500 words that day or if you've not written 1,000 words. And some days I will literally go and write three three and a half thousand words and I'm just like and it just kind of flows out of me and then other days I'm just like um <laughs> what am I writing um I I think because it's something that I'm super passionate about I I, I haven't had that many kind of issues with not being able to write and I think when I do feel that I think it's like maybe I don't need to write about it you know I've kind of written something about bathrooms the other day and I'm like I don't really have anything else to say and if I don't have anything else to say then it's like well I've got nothing else to you know everything else is obvious I don't want it to be something that you could look up on Wikipedia you know I don't go into building regulations I don't go into how to build your home it's it's giving an input is like I say as if I was there with you that you can't you know it's not it's not not it's not knowledge that's out there it's kind of insight this is me and the other help is um we had an old broken down uh kind of summer house in the garden so we renovated that and that's my that's my writing room so I'll go out there and I've got a candle <laughs> by uh, lovely goods our lovely goods and it's called road to port harcourt and the smell is just so good and I basically like that every time so I go in put that on and I think I kind of you know I really I love smells and I love candles and all that kind of stuff so having that one smell I've literally gone through about five or six of these candles I think it's I can kind of get into the I can get into the zone if only when I did my webinars I used to do the same but different a different candle and I think it just it kind of sets me in the mood and it's like um that's really helped which sounds really kind of vague but (laughs) I love that I love that I love the little rituals anything Mm. around which can get you into that headspace to sort of say like right this is the writing time now I think that's really Mm. nice I'm totally going to buy one of those candles as well oh (laughs) just smell honestly it's just gorgeous (laughs) I'll send you one 
Yeah. Uh, um, are there any um, tools or resources other than your candle um, <laughs> that help you in the writing? So you mentioned post-it notes. Are you kind of a paper and pen girl or do you like Excel sheets? Are there any, like, do you have, I don't know, timers or are there any other resources or tools or anything at all which sort of helps you when it comes to approaching this sort of like large scale writing project? Yeah. Um, notebooks. I love notebooks and I love fountain pen um and I so I've always got a notebook anyway for for kind of architecture work so but it'll also be a kind of form of procrastination as well so I'll be like the uh paper chase Argenzo I think they've got all those gorgeous colors so I'll be like I'll literally spend about half an hour <laughs> choosing some notebooks I'll be like well that'd be good for random notes that'd be good for chapter two notes and then I'll be like, and so I'll get them, I'll write little labels for the side, and, I'll, and then I'll like waste a whole day and not done anything, but I'll feel great. You know, I'll be like, you know, it's like writing a list of things that you need to do. I'm a big list. Pluck my eyebrows, uh, you know, clean the house, anything other than getting going and getting started. But as soon as I get there and I do it, then and my husband's really good. He's just like, just fucking get and just start. As soon as you start, you're fine. So, yeah, that's why my eyebrows are pretty well plucked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of procrastination. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, I can relate to the notebooks as well. I have like so many different notebooks on the go. And I don't know about you, but I'm always like, right, I'm, this one's going to be perfect as well. I'm yes. not going to end up ruining it. But then within like three pages in, it's just like random scrolls and illegible <laughs> things. My little girl grabs hold of it, draws a little <laughs> man and it's ruined. It's on that so, page only. <laughs> yeah, start the process all over again. <laughs> Um, and just to, um, a couple of things just to finish off then. So how do you think it sounds like you've been quite good at carving out space and time within sort of your busy schedule kind of around other work and family and your own home renovation projects as well. So you've been quite dedicated at carving out that time and space for the creative project. How do you think or has it helped your kind of wider life? Do you think you've kind of gained anything from it other than you know the sort of the book at the end and do you know what it has done and I think it's it's also been the show the success of the show after lockdown so I think as an architect specializing in home design and home extending and you know I've done a few uh you know new builds and you know kind of quite nice quite nice budgets but generally my budgets are kind of 150 under you know maybe 250 those are the kind of projects that I've always done because when I set up on my own, I was literally doing 25 grand loft extensions, you know, and I've never, I was in a big company, well, a, a small in numbers, but doing big projects when I first kind of qualified. But so when I set up on my own, I, I, I wanted to stay, you know, single architect. I didn't want to stop, you know, expand and everything. Um, and I think I always felt a little bit crap and always felt a bit not good enough um and I think which is partly down to architectural education I mean one of the first things we were told was you know most of you won't qualify and the people that do qualify will end up designing kitchen extensions for the rest of your life you know and you're like oh right okay <laughs> you know so I think I've always got this idea that doing residential architecture is a bit of a failure and I think the the more I kind of think about how little time is spent by architects on smaller projects and and I think so the success of the show and 
because it's been so designed, you know, for the masses, has really kind of garnered, is that the word, my like confidence and my kind of like, yeah, this has to change. You know, we do need to change. We do need to look at our homes differently. And I was walking around taking some photographs for the book um, around Balfron Tower recently in uh, East London. And there was like brand new housing developments. And you could see that there was like, you know, and they had these like kind of really nice, like outdoor indoor you know, uh, kind of balcony spaces. But you could see nearly every single one had their washing, you know, the clothes dryer in that space or bikes or kids toys or boxes, you know, and you're like, Christ, there's obviously no storage, obviously no utility space. So how can we, as architects, be going, yes, we're like responding to how people live. I just, I feel that architects um, and designers don't necessarily spend a lot of thought and time, you know, there's not a lot of time invested in home design and we're not really responding to how the way, you know, the, the way we actually live. And I just think it's really sad. And I think it's, there needs to be a bit of a change. And so in my kind of positive moments when I'm feeling like dead excited, I'm like, yeah, this could, you know, this could really be a bit of a, hopefully a bit of a, you know, a, a change when Homer is actually empowered and they go, right, this is what I want, you know, because we all live in homes with most of us who are lucky to live in homes, you know, with the experts in the way we live, we should be able to have a way of kind of translating that into how we want our homes to respond to us. So I think it's helped me bring all those feelings together and, you know, kind of really like into a one solid thing that's like, here you go, this is what I think, <laughs> you know, and hopefully it will help some people and hopefully I won't get too many one star reviews. <laughs> I'm just not going to look at the reviews. I'm like, right, that's it. I'm not going to look at reviews. Um, but I think it sounds an amazing project. I'm really excited to see it. Um, I'm a big fan of the show as well, as you know. And I think it just sounds like it's going to make a real impact on people. Because like you say, and I think as well, all of us have become more aware of the importance of our homes over the last couple of years because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Oh, thank um, you so much. And then one more question before we finish. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who's starting out um, on like a sort of a larger scale creative project such as a book? Um, I, so I, you know, it's kind of finding your little, your way of doing things. When I started writing, I, I found it really hard to write on my laptop. I, I was just like, well, um, and I actually bought a little, a little, you know, just a kind of little tiny, laptop I, I'm so used to having kind of desktops or big big laptops and actually having a really small little kind of thing that I could just take anywhere and write was really handy but I found it really hard to write my thoughts directly um into word and I used to write everything by hand um and that kind of got more and more I mean my handwriting is all, uh, you probably see my handwriting it is illegible um so that didn't help but you know then I found that I was just kind of writing you know points and then I would start writing on the computer and then I would just now I just write straight onto the computer and I think not having pressure on yourself or not be, you know that there's one way to do it or you have to you know have to write so many words a day or whatever I think it's just kind of finding your own finding your own kind of niche and then maybe having kind of broad broad uh, goals that you want to reach um 
so that's how I that you know and when I've cleaned the house the house looks great <laughs> you know but I've not written a word and I'm like well do you know what that'll help me when I wake up tomorrow morning house is clean you know I'll go and spend two hours go and sit and just write so yeah not beating yourself up and finding your, find your own way find your own way ma'am <laughs> There's a lot to be said for having a nice, tidy, clean house there before approaching stuff, because sometimes you just can't concentrate, can you? Because you're just looking at all the mess around you. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> so failure! I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, no, I can't do anything until I have decluttered this. But that's one good thing. I think like sometimes when you like, I have to sit down and write, it can actually be really um, motivating for other things that you've been putting yeah. off. So, and then vice versa as well, when I've got other things that I need to do, I'm like, oh, yeah. now. Um, Thank you so much. Um, so when is your book out and where can people find you online if they want to follow you or find out more information about you? Um, so I it's out in March next year and uh, perfect for the uh, the spring renovations. Um, and I am Laura Jane Clark without any um, with a little underscore on Instagram. And yeah, so find me. Mm. talk to me talk to me <laughs> great well, thank you very much for your time thank you thank you for listening to creatives of habit if you enjoyed it please subscribe or leave a review you can also sign up to my substack newsletter creatives of habit by claire gamble